Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. Alphabet stock analysis is the title of today's presentation. If you're somebody that's holding Alphabet stock or thinking about holding Alphabet stock, then our Alphabet stock analysis is going to help set you straight when it comes to what this company does, which most people associate Alphabet, if they even call it by that name, with Google. Now, when you look at revenues, Alphabet is doing quite well. So you can see here the revenue growth over the past 20 years or so. So several decades of solid growth like that is certainly impressive. Notice the jump there in 2021. That's something that we're going to talk about today. And then we've put here this uh, insert just shows the last four quarters and their uh, earnings are on a slight decline there, but certainly they're generating a lot of cash. Now, what does Alphabet do? Well, that's something that requires a little bit of digging, and I'll tell you why. That's because when you start at a topical level to see what a company does, when institutional investors put together portfolios, they'll use classifications such as the Global Industry Classification Standard, or GICS. And that's something that was put together by S&P, Dow Jones Indices, and MSCI. And in 2019, they revised the telecommunication services sector. They renamed that to communication services. And then in that bucket, they threw Comcast, Netflix, Facebook, and Alphabet alongside traditional telecom players such as AT&T and Verizon Communications. So that doesn't tell us a lot about what Google does. I worked for MSCI for over a decade, and the way that we figured out what a company does is we dug into the filings. We actually had teams of analysts in Mumbai, of course, uh, digging into this stuff. And what they would do is go to the financial filings database. Here you see the one for America, the SEC database. And you can very handily filter there at the top 10-K, and then it will filter out all the 10Ks. And then you can go through those and obtain all sorts of interesting information. So for example, Alphabet's 2022 revenues are reflected below in the uh, following segments, and it's quite funny, even though they've renamed to Alphabet, everything you see here is practically everything is labeled Google. So we have Google Search, which is the dominant segment. Over half the revenues come from that. That's simply when you go and search in Google and the ads that pop up and whatnot, that search engine, the money it generates is reflected there. You have YouTube ads, so uh, Alphabet or Google bought YouTube. Then you have Google Network. That's a ad network. When you purchase ads to advertise your company or product or services using Google, that's the network of partners they utilize. Google Cloud, their cloud computing offering. Then you have Google Other. That isn't very helpful. And Other Bets, again, not very helpful. Now, when we look at how Google operates, they're a classic example of something you learn in business school, which is called the BCG matrix. And here you can see it on the right. So there's uh, growth. You have low growth, high growth. And along the top, their market share, high and low. When you have a low growth, high market share item, that's considered to be a cash cow. And then that funds the other businesses that you're developing. So this is how large companies think about strategy. Now, when you look at Google, 
This is a classic example of utilizing the BCG matrix, but, but perhaps you could argue, argue that uh, Google Services isn't in fact a cash cow because it's still high growth. Fair enough, but it should be funding other um, shoots that are growing over time. Now, what we've done here is we've taken the breakdown that you saw previously, search YouTube, Google Network, other, and consolidated that into something called Google Services. You can see that on the upper left here. Then to the right of that, you can see Google Services, then Google Cloud and other bets. So it's really just a more refined way to look at those segments. And from that, we can then look at the below table, which shows the operating income, the profitability for each of these segments. There you can see how Google Services is pretty much funding the other bets, Google Cloud and other bets, of course. That's a lot of money they're sinking into other bets when you look at the minimal revenues that they're realizing. And this example here is from 2020 along the top, and other bets have now increased to just over a billion dollars. But this shows how, by digging into the financials, you can see how uh, each of these segments, the profitability for each of these segments is reflected. Now, when we talk about cloud, it's important to note that Amazon is the leader in cloud. They dominate with about 34% market share. Then you've got Azure coming in. That's Microsoft with around 20%. And then Google with about 11% market share. What's interesting when you look at Amazon is that their segment for cloud is actually generating a lot of operating income relative to their other business segments, even though it brings in the minority of revenues. You can see that here on this table. So when you look at going back to Google's expenditures or operating loss on this segment, you can see, and you would see this in prior years as well, that Google Cloud is actually decreasing their losses over time. So that's good. Eventually, it will be profitable. And that's how some of these businesses operate. Now, when we look at Google Search, the 58% of their revenues, we see a five-year compound annual growth rate of about 15%. And when you look at 2021, you see that big jump there, 43%. The company explains that away by saying it's driven by interrelated factors, including increases in search queries resulting from growth in user adoption usage, primarily on mobile, growth in advertiser spending, and improvements they made in ad formats and delivery. Well, that growth that you see there actually extends across all segments, and it seems to be rather an anomaly for 2021. Perhaps it is the fact that the adverse effects of COVID-19 in 2020 really stalled everything and then growth resumed the following year. But you'll notice that when you look at there are other segments such as YouTube ads, you can see that here on the lower left, they had a 46% growth in 2021, a 24% five-year compound annual growth rate, though that's stalled last year. And this shouldn't be a large surprise because, uh, well, several reasons, one being that advertisers pull back on spending and tighten their purse strings when there's a recession. So that shouldn't be a surprise. And if you use YouTube, as we do, and we 
published content, obviously, on YouTube that you're viewing right now, we run with minimal ads because they ruin the user experience. We wouldn't be surprised to see others do that as well. One wonders if there's any sort of prioritization when it comes to the, the content being prioritized based on the number of ads being run because that's more money for YouTube. But you wonder, they have already crammed so many ads into YouTube videos. How is it possible to cram more? Well, at least they give creators the option to minimize ads. Then you can see Google Network here on the right. These are things like AdSense. And when you're a company advertising products or services or whatnot, and you utilize Google's network of partners, you can see that they have a boost there of 37% in 2021. But again, their ad spend is tailing off last year. So this Google Display Network uh, is defined above. It's comprised of Google properties like YouTube, Google Finance, Gmail, and others that offer display advertising. So a slightly um, different characterization when they mention YouTube there, how uh, YouTube advertising is reflected in Google Network versus YouTube ads is a detail we're not going to get into. But uh, they have a network of millions of partner sites and mobile apps on which you can place your ads. Then when we look at cloud, this is the probably the most exciting uh, growth segment they have. You see this 37% five-year compound annual growth rate. Look at that nice steady growth. And this chart on the right here was taken from a Google presentation on their cloud offering, which shows 44% compound annual growth rate. Uh, and again, somebody pointed this out, and they're absolutely right. You shouldn't use compound annual, or you shouldn't use this idea of annual growth rate when you're evaluating quarters, and they're absolutely correct. So, But you get the idea there. So cloud is probably the most promising. Then when we look at the other segments, we see Google Other. This consists of things like Google Play, sales of apps, in-app purchases, hardware such as Fitbit wearable devices, Google Nest Home products and Pixel devices, YouTube non-advertising such as the subscription revenues from services such as YouTube Premium and YouTube TV. Here you can see that growth stalled in 2022 as well. But not other bets. These are the moonshots, the things that Google seems to have largely failed at so far over at least the past decade, it seems. They say here, other bets are generated primarily from the sale of health technology and internet services. Interesting. So when we see that big boost in 2022, maybe that came from DeepMind. Now, we don't know because they don't tell us, but here are some of the other bets that fall into that category. You have Google Glass. We've written about that seems to have um, largely gone nowhere. There's Waymo self-driving. You have Calico. They were doing some work in longevity. Verily Life Sciences. They were working on a contact lens glucose monitor. Uh, we've covered that before. Loon seemed to have gone nowhere. Balloons for wireless. DeepMind, of course, the generative AI work they're doing. We would have covered that some yes in yesterday's piece on, or our most recent piece on NVIDIA, looking at uh, how they beat the world champion or one of the world champions in Go, and there's Wing, this drone network. So we don't know which of these other bets contributed to that strong growth in 2022. But uh, we'll make a few comments here on outlooks for each of these segments. So Google search, they say, is under threat from chat GPT, the idea being that instead of constantly having to go to Google when you're working in Microsoft Office, they'll just integrate that and pull in data. Perhaps we use Google regularly to conduct research. We certainly want the raw data. We don't want some interpretation of it. 
So it seems that, you know, it's hard to say the impact that there will be on Google once we get past all the hype. YouTube, again, just how many ads can you show? Uh, where's the growth going to come from there? Then you have Google Network. Online advertising has a lot of room to grow because there are other players, not just Google operating ad networks. Google Other, there's a, a big uh, bucket there for Other. We need more color to understand what's actually experiencing growth there, and uh, it seems to be a black box. Google Cloud, that should enjoy continued growth. In Google's presentation, they said that by 2026 or something, 2025, 2026, you're going to see around a trillion dollars in cloud computing spend that they'll be able to take advantage of a blue ocean total addressable market that other players are also capturing market share in. Uh, and then beginning in January, DeepMind had previously reported within other bets that will be reported as part of Alphabet's corporate costs. So they're going to spread that out across all divisions. It'll be interesting to see if other bets revenues decreases as a result of that. But um, that's one thing to note. And then uh, the question here, will Google choose to unlock value with spinoffs? And that's just a comment based on what you've seen Baba announce recently, that they're going to be spinning out their various divisions. So one wonders if Google would ever take that sort of a strategy to unlock some of the value that's embedded within their business. And as you may or may not know, conglomerates actually suffer from penalties because of the diversification effect. So uh, unlocking value is certainly a possibility. Our take on Alphabet, so we invested shortly after the IPO. Uh, we trimmed over the years, held until we began assembling our 36 tech stock portfolio that we hold today, and we exited that position because we saw activists strangling the company from within. Uh, you're heavily exposed to ad spending with Alphabet. How resilient will this be in a bear market? Of course, bear markets don't last forever, so that may be a buying opportunity if it eventually um, reaches a, a point of value. We didn't look at valuation. The annual report certainly spends a lot of time giving the ESG types a reach around. Uh, far too much time, we think. Um, and that's because we believe the CEO is weak and unable to control his agenda. Um, a prime example of that would be the debacle that he faced with the quote-unquote um, AI safety people who are just uh, nothing but activists. Uh, laying off 12,000 people, that's a great start. They should keep going. There's a lot of fluff there. And when we talk about the CEO being unable to manage the agenda, a great example is their recent uh, rushed, botched announcement of their um, BARD offering. And everybody was quick to uh, blame Google and the CEO when, in fact, they should be blaming their marketing team. Who the hell lets a demo go out with a mistake? That's incredible that anybody um, didn't catch that before it actually happened. So instead of the employees, uh, this article here talking about how Google's own employees criticize the CEO for rushed, botched announcement. First of all, the employees should realize that it's the marketing teams that are responsible for making sure demos go smoothly. And this just shows how this CEO lets everyone push him around and he's always apologizing instead of having a spine and standing up to the activists within his company and shit canning the entire lot of them he acts like uh, he lets people push him over so it's just a, this is just one of many examples of the ceo not being able to control the agenda so just to conclude alphabet isn't just a search engine there's a lot more to it than that 
But some of their moonshots, the things that we've been hoping would pan out, haven't seemed to work out so well over the years. Now, a problem with companies that have cash cows is they often squander their resources. And for um, proof of that, you can look no further than Google's activist problem. So I'm going to put up a video here on that particular topic, which is uh, a good next video to watch before you click that video please click the nanalyze logo here on the right subscribe to our channel thanks for taking the time to watch this today thank you for listening to the nanalyze podcast if you found this information useful please share this episode with a friend this helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you want more research like this want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.